0: This is Racer Nation. Welcome to the bank.
1: All righty, Racer fans, welcome in. It's episode 57 of the Racer Nation podcast. And man, we are on a streak of episodes because the racers are on a streak of winning. I think we can finally call it that winning streak. You've got four in a row down. And we're going to talk all about that in this episode of the Racer Nation podcast. Thank you for tuning in. As always, Austin Blakely here with. Logan Foster and Sawyer Lawson we have survived the Evansville trip sure we're going to talk about that sure we're going to talk about what we saw from the racers at Evansville at Missouri State but uh, before we do that we want to circle back to something you know we talked about last week or we didn't talk about on the podcast but we wanted to talk about is the racer football team you know not long after we we recorded the podcast the news dropped about Dean Hood leaving Taken, well, retiring from on field coaching, taking the job where he was back with Kentucky, which note we do play the Wildcats next year in November. So that'll be kind of interesting on the football field. But we were going to talk about that. But now this week, we have something new to talk about. Racers hired a football coach official today or yesterday uh, as we record this on January the 11th, Thursday night. So um, Jody Wright, guys, uh, I think is one of you guys tweeted from the pod account. Seems like the right hire. A little play on words there, but uh, bring bring you guys into the fold. One thing we talked about, we talked about Jody, but you know, uh, big, big time for, for Nico, uh, as this is his first big hire, first hire, right? Um, from Because everybody else was hired by um, Saul or um, Alan Ward, so First big statement for Nico and uh, guys, it seems like he's knocked it out of the park.
0: Yeah, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, it's exciting to join you guys tonight. A lot of stuff, great stuff to talk about, and I think this is a great place to start, and I think it's a great hire by Nico. Um, for me, Coach Wright didn't necessarily, necessarily know a whole lot about him, but as you get to learn more about him and who he is as a person, you know, like I said, he checks every box for me. I know I told you guys kind of privately because so we didn't talk about it last week, the things that I wanted uh, for a racer football coach were a couple of different things. I wanted someone who was who was younger, um, like a Nicko's type of age of a guy uh, under forty. I thought it would be really great to grab somebody with an NFL pedigree. Uh, for the reason why I thought that would be important was to really radically appreciate and professionalize the day to day operations of MSU football to make it more of an NFL approach. Um, and then I also in, in, in doing so, I wanted to be someone who was really well liked by a lot of the players in the NFL, which maybe could lead to maybe them kicking some funds back to help them boost the program, get it started. Uh, but then I also thought, you know, you're probably not going to get all these things in one. So uh, they, these were like mutually exclusive uh, different parts to hit on. You know, I was hoping either they would be young or either they would have an NFL pedigree or coming from an SEC school with a great uh, track record of recruiting. And what did Nico find in nine days? Someone for me that checked every single box, um, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. And I know this is nothing, you know, uh, this is everybody probably had those same criteria for who they were looking for. uh, If you really thought thought hard and and long about it. But uh, from what I understand is that uh, Mr. Coach Wright uh, has a relentless recruiter. He has a great and captivating charisma about him. And that's what racer football needs. needs, They need someone to breathe new blood into this program. And um, I think that, uh, you know, we we, we really want to at this time, too, I really want to commend Coach Hood for the outstanding man that he is and uh, how he carried uh, the program while he was uh, at the helm. Um, But I think this is very exciting news for all racer athletics. And on top of that, too, as a racer fan, you should be very excited for what Nico has done. Um, and finding somebody just, like I said, less than two weeks, you know, a week, less than a week and a half after Coach Hood uh, retires, um, we go out and hit uh, what seems to be a home run uh, in such a quick time frame. That's outstanding. Uh, and and if, if if this does really work out the way that we hope that it does, um, then that's another feather in, in Nico's cap and that should make racer athletics, athletics fans feel very comfortable and very good about who we've got in charge of our athletic programs. And I think everybody's in already in that boat. Um, but you should really feel special about it now. And, um, you know, I like the J Wright, uh, J dot, right. You know, there's another J Wright in coaching up at Villanova and he won a couple of national titles. So if we can keep that mojo <laughs> going and, and bring that here to Murray state, then I'm all for it. But um excited for Coach Ryan and his family to, to be donning uh, the Navy in gold.
2: Yeah, for sure. Like you said, Sawyer, he's got the pedigree, he's got the character, the charisma, everything you want in a head coach. And speaking of the charisma, you know, watch some interviews of him and uh you know, see that big smile. I think he'd be a good podcast guest. Maybe take him out to the keg <laughs> go up to the office or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think we'd get along. Uh, but yeah, just everything you said, Sawyer, uh, really excited to have him. It, it was always the thing that was kind of lacking with our college experience is having a really good football program. You know, people would come out for homecoming and maybe another game or so, but it was just never a big draw. And plus we never really had a, a good tailgating experience until we were allowed to go inside the bowl. And so now, um, a new coach to re re re-energize us uh, possibly some, some new things in the works for Murray state football and Murray state athletics in terms of uh, spirits available at the game next year. And just all sorts of good vibes coming through for the racers. I'm really excited. Um, You know, obviously coach hood didn't have the success he wanted to here. Um, One thing that I always noticed was Everyone seemed to love Coach Hood and the character he had. And, you know, I was hoping he would kind of stick around Murray, even if he wasn't uh, in a football coaching role. But understand the the reason to go back to Kentucky. I mean, it's obviously a place he was at before and loves. But uh, it's just really reassuring that in such a short period of time, Nico was able to fill his shoes with a guy that just kind of gets everybody rejuvenated and ready for football season.
0: Yeah, and and I think you make a lot of great points. I think that as a racer fan base, like you said, Logan, we've really over the past thirty years, you know, our lifetime, there's only been a handful, maybe one or two amazing seasons in racer football. And I think that this racer team and this racer fan base is ready to explode with football. You know, if we can if we can put a product on the field that uh, is competitive, I think the tailgate scene could really be something new that a lot of people would really, really enjoy. Uh, Times have changed in good old Murray, Kentucky, and I think that the tailgating scene uh, would be uh, appreciated now probably more than it ever has been before. Um, And so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And, you know, one thing I forgot to mention too is that he had the stamp of approval by some pretty incredible people, you know, with Coach Billy Napier, head coach at at Florida, and Shane Beamer, a guy I ran into at Disney World last year, a head coach at South Carolina. (laughs) And then you know, say like I mentioned, Saquon Barkley, uh, you know, one of the best, you know, probably top five, top ten running backs in the NFL, top ten best running backs in the world, I guess you could say as well, um, singing his praises. And then I also thought it was pretty crazy that Nick Saban's last official piece of his coaching tenure at Alabama is giving Coach Wright uh, the praise. Uh, the very last thing he does as Alabama head coach is come on. Uh, to give props to to Coach Wright as a head coach, that's how he kind of ends his legacy at Alabama. I thought was kind of cool as well. Um, and so another one from uh, probably the greatest of all time. So uh, not just uh, a great pedigree, but also spoke spoken so highly of by so many important people in college athletics.
1: I think the big thing to note is the challenge of the Missouri Valley Football Conference. You just saw this past uh, Saturday, Saturday or yeah Saturday, no Sunday, South Dakota State. Wraps up a 15-0 season, beats Montana in the FCS championship 23-3. to And that was a team we played, right? We played South Dakota State, and it didn't go great. So huge challenge uh, for Coach Wright coming in, and one that having those connections, because, uh, man, you guys remember back in, like, the hatch attack days, and maybe even some into Mitch Stewart's time is, man, we would get those those transfers down from Division uh, Division well, FBS down to FCS. I remember we had a running back from Ohio State, and there was a guy like maybe from one of the Mississippis that came, um, and they were really, really talented, right? I guarantee you look at South Dakota State's roster, and they got some of those guys. So um, with Coach Wright having those connections in the SEC um, at three different schools, well, I guess not so much in Alabama anymore if if Saban's retired, but I guarantee you there's still some connection there. So having those connections, you know, already those webcasts and stuff is gonna gonna be huge, and and couple that with the 1.25 million dollar donation that the athletic department just secured um, for upgrades. Yep, yeah, your good job with that. I know you probably wanted to stay. now. just kidding. Um, I, that's gonna all go to Royster Stadium for a complete. Well, maybe not all of it, but mostly earmarked for a completely new workout space for, for the folks. And I know all programs are going to be able to use that, but you know there in Royce Your Stadium it's going to be going to be for the football team. So you see it's been so, you know, the athletic department was fairly stagnant for so long from facility upgrades and, and really pushing stuff into the twenty first century, honestly. And you've already seen some of that already taking place. And it's just going to keep going. And I know There's more. Nico doesn't want us to really say anything, but there's going to be more and more and more that's going to be rolling out. I know they are extremely excited about when that's going to, you know, come out. So um, a lot of positives happening in the world of racer athletics and football and in other sports and also, boys, on the basketball floor. Racers win two since we last talked, went to Evansville, and won the first road game of the year, boys eighty one fifty nine. Maybe coincidence that all three of us were there. It seems like when we're all three in attendance, things go well for the Racers. And then last night at Missouri State really just made Missouri State look like a you know NAI school at some points of that. Uh seventy seven fifty three and that game was probably both of those games were probably not as close as the final score indicates, which is pretty crazy. But but boys, let's back it up to Evansville. Um great day for the racer nation great day for the racer nation podcast we all got to hang out and be together we don't have to talk about what happened at the casino which granted i think logan i came out on top leaving the casino i don't know if we uh we want to talk about that but it it helped it helped uh, it helped the cause but uh other than that start us off logan you boys drove down from murray and and just you're really good at just encompassing what happens in the day so I think you're a great one to tell. Tell this story.
2: Oh boy. Well, not very often are vibes high whenever you start the morning at six o'clock and have to drive to Evansville for a one o'clock game, but somehow we made it happen. And so my dad and I and my cousin Adam, we pick up Sawyer around six forty-five and we head out of town. And we're there, we're what we do there Sawyer get there 10 o'clock something like that
0: yeah that's about right
2: yeah after dealing with the lexus dealership for a while they were cutting into our casino time so <laughs> we get a late start at the sports book but we get everything taken care of we meet austin there we have a wonderful lunch at drake's it was a, a great place um
1: eight plus My dad
2: almost wrecked in the parking lot <laughs> There's only two cars in it, but uh, (laughs) that's neither here nor there. So, great lunch at Drake's, and then we are off to the game at the Ford Center. And a lot of talk was going in before the game. Is Ben Humrickus going to play, and if he doesn't, what impact is that going to have? And I think it had a little bit of an impact, obviously. He's their best player. It didn't make 22 points difference. So... The racers come out, and I believe we were up 9 or 10 at halftime. Was it 41-31?
0: Yeah, about right there.
2: Something like that. And I was thinking, man, we cannot keep this up. I'm going to try and bet the second half. When the racers are – or when the other team's getting points, I'll I'll bet against us. Um, Thankfully, the Ford Center – the service was a little slow, so I wasn't able to get that in because the racers just wanted to boat race them in the, the second half and play 40 minutes of racer basketball. And I think that's what we did. And it carried yes. on to another game. So we go from not winning a road game in the 2023 half of the season to winning two convincingly
1: to start the Missouri Valley play. Uh, 47 points. No. Yeah. Forty six. Yeah. Forty six. No. Forty-six points. Sorry. My my math is terrible, but
0: <laughs> you always I'll take try it, to do the math points. every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it never works out. Not a math podcast. I luckily. We whip
0: them. That's it, all you gotta say.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um the line started out on Saturday at like four, three and a half, something like that. And it had moved to a pick'em by game time. And I know I remember walking in or driving over there, I was like, I'm, I'm hammering the racers here. And I did, and it worked out. That was probably like the easiest pick em anyone's ever going to have in <laughs> a 22-point win, right? But just really impressed how the fire of the guys. And and this is one thing I want to ask. Well, sorry, I'm going to let you talk, but I do have something I want to circle back and ask you guys about what we've seen over the last four-game winning streak. But just the ability to, to play faster. And I know I talked about it a lot on the last episode but starting your offense at 24 seconds versus 19 seconds and what we saw on saturday specifically was in something we haven't seen all year is the ability to turn over an evansville team i think there were 14 now logan you 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 became the stat man on saturday i think there was 14 live ball steals for the racers or something like that I don't know how many points that turned And it was last night as well at Missouri State. Exactly. I know there was seven in the first half. I don't don't know what that number turned out to be for the whole game. But – and I'm not sure. I do not – I'm sitting in a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, so I don't have the stats in front of me. I'm looking at my laptop. So I don't know how many points we got off those turnovers. But I know that the pace of the game just favors us so much more. When we're not playing in the half court and not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think it'll be really interesting when we play some of the better teams in the league, like Belmont, Indiana state, Drake, like Drake wants to play when we, when I watched them last night, they want to play in the half court. They're like, we're going to slow it down and we're going to run 87,000 screens until we get Tucker DeVries a shot. So it's going to be really interesting if we can play racer basketball against those type teams, But I'm just really glad against UIC, against Evansville, against Missouri State, um, and even to some point Middle Tennessee, we've been able to play our quote-unquote racer basketball. And the results speak for themselves. So um, I think it's been really encouraging. and, And from what low spot we were after the SMU game, as low as we were then, I feel like that's how high we are now, at least. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about 2 weeks
2: ago, we were ready to just burn everything down. <laughs> it, it was that bad. I mean, we're 3 and 9 at that point, just got trounced at home by SMU, uh, lose at home to Southeast Louisiana, score 49 points on the road at Austin P, and it looked like the season was just going only going to get worse because we're going to play a whole lot tougher teams than Austin P and Southeast Louisiana. And then two weeks later, we're just – we couldn't be more excited about the future. We are tied we're for We're in course. first place. We're yeah. in first
1: place in the Missouri Valley Conference five games in. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: yeah, and we begged for change for a long time. We need something to change. And I joked, I don't care, take Nick out of the starting lineup and put in Patrick Chu, let's run five guys and not have anybody over six foot four. I don't care, just change something. And, you know, we talked about pulling Brian Moore out, and honestly, I think it ticked him off to be pulled out of the starting lineup. But look at how much joy he's playing with now. He's scoring tons of points off the bench, and he is that spark we needed. Justin's not giving us, you know, the... Ten points or twelve points, we wish he would. But he adds so much size. He's a pretty good defender. Um, you know, uh, he's able to wall up on bigger guys, and just does the right things. And then you've got Brian just ready to punch off the bench. And not to mention, Alden Applewhite helps a little bit too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no doubt. And if you guys want to dive into it right now, is this, if, this, if you guys think this is the time to talk about the changes, what's really got us to where we are, then let's just go for it. We can talk about Evansville and Missouri State afterwards because, you know, I'm ready to roll. Uh, I know you guys, Austin, you kind of just naturally love the host role. You really embrace that. Logan, you kind of just – you thrive off of having just no notes and just being who being you. But – and I've tried that so far this season – uh, just kind of giving some producing on the uh, behind the scenes here, but for me, you know, that, that's not really who I am. I'm a to prepare. I'm an analyzer. I'm an overthinker. I took lots of notes tonight because I'm excited <laughs> about it, and that's just who I. I need to get back to that. So um I hope this will make me a, sound a little bit more professional because I'm like I've tried doing the no notes thing, and I like to have a plan. That's just who I am. So I'm gonna extend it to the podcast and get back to it, and hopefully I'll sound a little less goofy as i have over the past couple of weeks but um for me i really think if you have listened to coach pro's press conferences you've noticed outside of mudita which i think is huge um is the fact that just there's a different mentality there's been a different uh i guess i don't like the word of, to use the word vibe but there's a different you know aura around the team after they come back from christmas break and i know you've heard you guys have heard me say this before but in life, you know, there's usually your first impression and your last impression are where you make the most impact in a relationship. Well, after you go home for Christmas break, you kind of have that first impression again. And I, from what all intents and purposes, what I understand is that first day when everyone came back, they had just a great day. They had a two-a-day they or the, the spirits were high. Everyone was joking and laughing and having a good time. They'd missed each other from Christmas and all that negativity from the past just dissipated. And they were able to go back and just be buddies and go back to playing basketball and doing something they loved, which is I'm thankful for that because that's something that I mentioned, you know, before Christmas break that can happen over Christmas break. And and you really start to see it. And, and from what I can tell, it's just been a so a much more focus. Uh, the players are bought in and it's a lot easier to buy in when you're winning than it is whenever things aren't going right Um you're not going to keep paying for a service. If it's not good over and over the same price, you're going to go on to move something else. But whenever you can see the results and, and, and see what you're getting for the, for the cost, you're going to, you're going to be bought in. And, and I love it. Um, I, I It's not just on the offensive end. I think it's primarily starting on the defensive end. And I just absolutely loved after, I think, I guess it maybe was the Evansville game. You guys would have to correct me if I'm wrong, but coach Jonathan Maddox gets on hops on Twitter, hops on X and, and tweets at Juwan Long and said, "Hey, do we look like you tonight?" And I just love that callback to to a past racer. But it's just that we're starting to 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 dig into that tradition that we we missed out on last year for these guys not really knowing what racer basketball was all about. And now they're starting to see it. Now they're trying to mix the past with the present. I saw a racer who embodied maybe better than anyone racer basketball it was on campus today, and Isaac Spencer. Um, if there was a guy that could, that could talk to the team at any point, you know, I wish we could have brought him in about a month ago, but better late than never. I think (laughs) this is going to be huge to keep the momentum going. And then, you know, I think for us, we've got to really look at coach prom too. You know, a lot, if you looked at the message board, uh, I usually don't, but someone sent it to me. There's, there was not some, there were some unpolite things said on the message board. So people saying some pretty crazy things, um, about our head coach and, I think that Coach Prom, there's been no no qualms about it. He's been very patient and even keel uh, and reserved with his emotions throughout this whole season. Um, And you've got to have a lot of maturity to go through what they've gone through and not get really upset, and I think you have kind of saw the other side of that last night with Missouri State, you know, with some things said on Missouri State's athletic director's side that I thought were very immature. And uh, if Coach Ford does not get hired back, I don't know why any coach would want to go and play for him after the comments he made last night. But because of that, Coach Prom has been able to figure out and cultivate, you know, how, how do I push guys? How do we play? And it's taken us a lot longer than every fan had hoped. But I do think we're starting to see the the fruits of that labor. Now, do I think these teams that we've beaten are are world beaters? No. But I think that you can gauge the success past great racer teams would have had against these teams. I think the results would have been the same. I think great racer teams probably win these games by a similar margin. Um, And so I'm not going out on a limb and saying this is a great racer team at this point. But I'm just saying that the page has been turned and I'm excited about it. And we're a totally different team. If you guys know me, and and how about, how about this? I'm gonna let you guys hop in, but I have some stats I put together for you guys that I think paint a pretty awesome picture for what we've just seen, and I'm really excited to talk about them. But but do you guys feel like I'm I'm on the right track with this, or what else are you guys seeing? Because there's a lot of a lot of positives right now.
2: Yeah, I think the main takeaway for me is just finally seeing a win come through. Did a lot for these guys. Winning is infectious, and once they got one. Uh, They carried it over to the next game, and then the next game, and the next game. And you can just see game by game they're buying in. And when, you know, Christmas Eve, they didn't. Uh, They were all probably thinking about futures somewhere else next year, and, you know, this is going to get blown up because we're awful. And now, all of a sudden, we've got a team that's bought in, and it looks like we're ready to take on anybody. And, you know, I think it remains to be seen. I'm not going to um, put a whole lot of stock in, you know, who we beat, but we have beat convincingly the teams that we've played. We've got a really tough stretch coming up. You know, we play Northern Iowa at home and then we go to UIC. But after that, we've got a big date two Sundays from now with Indiana State and that's really where we're going to find out how tough we are. And then after that, we go to Bradley and then play SIU. We're we're getting down to the stretch to where um, we're going to play the big boys and find out what we're made of. And so that's kind of what I'm excited for. And, you know, there's going to be a game here soon where we lay an egg. We're not going to play this well for the next 15 games. It's just not going to happen. Um how we respond to that, and you know whatever loss is going to come, we're I, I'm just going to go out and say it, we're not going to win 15 games in a row, not w- not in oh, Missouri. Sorry guys, to break your heart. <laughs> but say we say we go to Bradley and lose by 15, they're laying for us after we kind of put a roadblock in their season. How do we come back the next game against SIU and respond? That's what I'm ready to see. And I've rambled a bunch. There was one more point that I wanted to make. Sawyer, you always used to talk about guards rebounding. That has been so key for us here recently. Mm-hmm. We've said it a thousand times that we don't have an inside presence. Nick's generally battling people much bigger than him, and we have to have our guards rebound. You look at last night, they just owned the glass on defense. You've got Quincy Anderson with nine rebounds. I mean, he was going up and grabbing rebounds, beating everybody down the court and laying it in. You've got <laughs> Brian Moore getting six rebounds. Smallest guy on the court coming in off the bench. getting
1: Huge six. rebounds. Huge, Huge rebounds. rebounds. He um, ripped one away in the second fierce half. Fierce rebounds. Yeah,
2: Justin, yeah. Jacoby both had five. Rob had four. And so that took a lot of pressure off Sam and Nick. Um but it just really adds another element when those guards are really aggressive and attacking the glass. We still got some holes. Uh, I think there was one where Quincy just totally did not box out and they got a stick back that was just easy. But overall, we're doing a great job of not only, you know, as Coach Roth likes to say, punching our opponents in the mouth, but... When they punch back, we either dodge or we punch back just as hard. Because there's been multiple times here in the past couple games where I thought, when is when's the four minute drought coming? When's it? It's we're so used to it after watching it happen multiple times a game this season, and it seems like as the game goes on, we just get stronger.
1: You made a good point about how to respond, right? I- i saw your I don't know if you're watching it earlier, but the girls tonight didn't play their best basketball at all. And they're on the road, one of their first road games, probably second road games in Missouri Valley, and did not play how Rochelle wants them to play. I know that for a fact. Still won the game, but they responded. And when it got to a single-digit game, four or five late, they responded just like that. Got it back out to you know fourteen, fifteen points, and ended up. Ended up winning the game. So, Logan, I think to your point, that's what is going to be when you're on the road at Bradley, you're on the road at, don't even say Bradley, you're on the road at UIC, a team you just beat by 12 last week. You're playing them two weeks later and they got you on the ropes. How do you respond in that environment when there's 15 people in the crowd and, you know, downtown Chicago? So, I think that's going to be super important. To the point you first started off with, that's what I was going to say. And, gosh, guys, I know I, you guys are going to roast me for saying this because it's like the eighth time I've said it this year on this podcast. But I still go back to that Western Kentucky game where you drop a close one and then, you know, Dave Ramsey, the snowball effect, you know, the death snowball, <laughs> keeps piling up, and that turns into a UNC Wilmington loss. That you throw away that turns into an app state loss. That you know, take the Bradley game out and turns into a close one at. So the guys didn't understand how to win those games, and then whatever reset happened at Christmas. And sorry, I know you're going to give us the stats to back that up. I mean, and I know I I don't know if I said it on here either. You know, there was a website earlier in the year that predicts records based on computer rankings, and half of our games were going to be you know, saying we're toss ups within five points. And I mean, I know we're what six and seven and nine now. We could very well, I mean, just throwing this out, uh, seven and nine, we could very well be what 15 and 15 and 14 and two. Honestly, like, is that out of the realm of possibility? Yeah. We
2: should have had a win at Mississippi state. Uh, yeah. you know, you know, beat UNC Wilmington, who went on to beat Kentucky. We'd have a great resume if we would have just closed out the games we should have closed out. Or if we closed out half of the games and you know yeah. lost the other half, we'd be in a much different state right
1: now. We wouldn't have been as yeah. low as we
2: were two weeks ago either.
1: Right, right, right. So it'd be interesting, of you know, those nine games, how many we had leads in at the eight-minute mark, you know, or tied.
0: Yeah, probably a a lot of them, probably a lot of them. And, uh, you know, we were really struggling to find that identity. But I really hope that this is the identity, you know, moving forward. This is this is this is the way we want to play. This is the way they continue to play. Then that's that's an identity that everybody can get behind behind. And, you know, this the way that they're playing right now is not foolproof either. As you said, they're going to lay an egg. We might even play our best game. But if it seems like right now we're letting up a lot of open threes, a lot of people aren't hitting them. I'm not sure many teams in the Missouri Valley are good enough to hit a ton of them, uh, but I do know there's two teams that can probably hit them pretty consistently. And if you run into one of those teams on on any given night, then you can you can get beat. But uh, you know, I dove into the stats a little bit. Simple, easy stuff. Uh, if you guys would have spent ten minutes, you probably could have saw it as well. But I think that some of these stats are the major stats. And they're 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 majorly telling why this team is doing well. So the three that I've got is the baby stat, the buckets around the basket index that came out two years ago. Whenever I had my daughter Madison, um, when they had baby on my mind, also called points in the paint. Number two, points, uh, fast break points. Number three is points off turnover. You see them all at the bottom of your box score. Over the past four games, the Racers are averaging thirty six and a half points in the paint, and they're outscoring their opponents in the paint by twelve, an average of 12 per game. That's crazy. So outscoring them by 12 per game, fast break points. We're outscoring Imagine our opponents. we opponent. hit our layups. Yeah, yeah, we're missing a lot of <laughs> layups. Fast break points. We're averaging outscoring our opponents by 10 points per game. That's pretty crazy. Points off turnovers, like you mentioned before, Austin, we're plus 45 over the past uh, four games. That's over 11 a game we're outscoring our opponents. Uh, and we're doing that, shooting 40% from three over this band, 50% from the field, 81% from the line, and we're assisting on 48% of our made baskets. And that also doesn't take into account how many times our guys get fouled uh, on on, an, on a pass that, that gets them to the foul also to the foul line. But also, we're plus four in steals versus turnovers. Our steals are plus four over our turnovers, not not including blocks and. And and, add a, and, and turno- other turnovers that we're forcing, but just in steals alone, live ball turnovers, we're out we're, we have more of those than we have overall turnovers ourselves. It's it's there's a lot of great reasons to to be excited. And and here's the deal for me is that, you know, we talk about a lot of the yeah, well, this could happen. You know, this could be a stumbling block for us. But I think that we put, potentially could just be scratching the surface. If you want to look at the opposite side of that. Um, there's a lot of growth on the table, as you said. There's some fundamental things that need to be cleaned up. There's a lot of guys that are just now getting going. There's some sparks for some guys that we did not expect to see, you know, like Sam Murray and others. Uh, Alden Applewhite is no, not, nowhere close to showing his full potential at this point. We've been playing for a crowd by racer standards that's been extremely poor, uh, and I don't mind calling the fans out on that at this point. The students have obviously been gone for the past month. We've got that to look forward to when they come back. Uh, and, and, and yeah, we've played some of the, the bad teams in the Valley. But, guys, this is what we asked for. We wanted this. We wanted to go to the Valley. We wanted this, this grind. And, and I think that's what the coaching staff wants. That's what the athletic department wants. That's what the fans want. That's what the players want. They want to prove what they've got on the greatest scales. And we've got a great opportunity to do that this Sunday. We're going to have an even better opportunity to do it. Uh, when we when we are you know we extend this win streak to six and a row uh, six in a row um, and are back to even next Sunday when indie when the trees come to town uh, and I think that this is like I said this is everything that you asked for in a racer fan you know we talk about the stuff yeah we could be fifteen and two or whatever but, but we're not you know we've got to look for the future and you know like you said Logan we can take on anybody um, and I think that you're right when you say that um, because if this is the identity if this is how we want to play. The reasons I just explained can translate. Uh, you don't have to play extremely well one person and to come up with wins. Um, as Coach Prom said in an interview with Andy Katz earlier this week, you know he wants to have six guys average double digits. Um, you know, three, two or three weeks ago, you know we didn't really think that was possible. We probably were asking for the opposite. We were asking for our main guys to kind of step up. Um, but I think that you know if, if we can play this way and we can have this type of uh, Success, this Mudita, which is what it's all about, um, showing success for others, um, that if we truly buy in and play team basketball, that is racer basketball, and that's winning basketball. Uh, and that's why I think that that I'm so excited. Um, I'm also wondering, too, if maybe there's a loose transition from Mudita to attacking because we're doing that a lot, too, and I am absolutely loving it. So uh, maybe there's another translation that includes that. Um, but those are the stats. The stats back up the winning. I think the stats are repeatable and can be consistent, um, and it doesn't have to rely on an outlier here or there because there's so many great, uh, great things. But I do think you know a lot of these things start on the defensive end.
1: I agree. That's what I was about to say on the defensive end. Three out of our four games, a team hadn't touched sixty. Which, if you keep a team under sixty, I would say nine times out of ten, you know, not counting Austin P, you're going to win. You're going to win that ball game. So um, the way that we've been attacking the basket, like you said, Quincy grabbed a rebound and just dribbled to the other end and made a layup. How many times have Brian Moore just gone to the basket? And the way he's finished, finished around the basket, has been super, super impressive. You know, and like you said, Sawyer, I told you guys this on Saturday, Alden Applewhite's going to win us a basketball game this year. There's going to be a game where he flashes what we know he can do. And, you know, I think you mentioned the Andy Katz thing, you know, so, uh, Coach Prohm said it in there, you know, Alden was doing individual weight training and potentially playing scout team point guard, you know, just to have a body out there. And and from that to three weeks later, you know, scoring double digits in just about every game we've played since then has been extremely impressive. So he's nowhere close to 100% of his potential and, You know, we talked a lot that last episode about the February 1st, you know, cutoff. Or not cutoff, but that's where they really hope to have it together. What we've seen the last four games, if that's already the progression, I can't wait to see the next six games, What's that's going to look like through the month of January. Because like you guys said, a lot of opportunity with you and I at home. You got to protect home. You got to go to UIC. Like you said, Logan, how, you know, Evansville is a game that you thought we had to win on the road to, you know, take this step. I feel like that UIC game's the same way. You know, they're, they're really struggling in the Valley. I think their only wins over Valpo. Valpo's uh, really struggling, really, really struggling. You got the two tough ones and you got a chance to show Southern Illinois, kind of get them back from last year and then Illinois State on Greek night, you know, there'll be a good crowd there, so, and then, obviously, the Bradley-Indiana State game's going in there as well, so, you know, I think I said last episode, it'd be great to be back to 500 by February 1st, screw that, we're, we're, we're going, we're going for gold, and we're gonna, you know, maybe not win all of them, but I think you've got an opportunity to be a couple games over 500 by the time you get to February, and if you do that, and say you've only dropped, one or two, and you are, what would that be, like eight and two, something like that in the Valley, seven and three. Like you're, you're solid top half for sure going into that second second full stretch of, of the season. So just uh, a lot of excitement, boys.
2: Yeah, and like we talked about, it's so fun watching the players have fun. I think that's what we get the joy out of, and you know, I, I know that's what Medita or Mudita, whatever it's called. I, I think of you know our uh, waitress at Tunica every time I hear the word, <laughs> and I don't really uh, know a full definition yet. But but I'm I, I don't know the definition, but I'm ready to get a tattoo if we keep playing this well, <laughs> some sort of Medita on me. Um, but you look at last night. Rob Perry was singing happy birthday with the uh, uh, opposing <laughs> fans while he was shooting free throws. He was just having a good time. The bench <laughs> was going crazy. Our bench had more energy than their entire fans. It, it was unbelievable.
0: We might have uh, had more people on our bench than they had fans.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, bad weather, is that what they blamed it on? I guess, man. You guess. Everybody was at Bass Pro. Everybody was at Lambert's and Bass Pro Shops. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't blame them there. Um, but last
2: week I talked about how the, this was the toxic X that you got to be careful of, and how I was keeping my guard up. But boys, I've got a relationship status change that I want to tell Uh-oh. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I just thought this was gonna be like a. a home at Christmas break, just uh rekindling the fire while uh while we're still home. I don't know. We've got the fourteen day snap streak going. We got a heart buyer name. We're uh I'm thinking next Sunday if we can beat Indiana State, I'm probably gonna bring her around my family again. So we're <laughs> Yeah, and if that goes well, you know, they've already rolled their eyes at me saying, Logan, you know how this is gonna end? I don't know. I believe in us. So uh, so we'll see how that goes next Sunday. And we may be thinking long-term after that if we can get a
1: win next Sunday. Well, speaking of girlfriends, Logan, and bringing people around the family, can you guys believe we saw a proposal in the building on Saturday at Evansville? I think it was, what, the under-12 timeout. They set it all up. Guy got down on his knees and proposed at an Evansville basketball game. And what did they do? headed straight for the exit because the racers were up 30 and Sawyer, one thing that did stick around was all the racer fans and isn't it crazy you know the the you already mentioned it the lower crowds that we'd seen at the cfsb center but racer nation was out in full force of saturday on saturday in evansville
0: yeah there were a ton of racer fans i, I don't know if i can really give you a good estimate on the percentage of the crowd but there were a lot of them and they were loud and and Logan or Austin, one of you guys mentioned that we really feel like this is going to be a budding rivalry in the future, hopefully like a Murray State versus P um, rivalry. Hopefully we dominated in that fashion. But uh, we, there's just so, so many alumni that live in that um, Henderson, Evansville, Owensboro Um uh, Tri-City area there that uh, that that, they're, that have come from Murray State and you know they were out in full force on Saturday and obviously the Evansville is the best facility in all of Missouri Valley basketball and um, you know it was a great time but I really do think that 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 has some that has some staying power because I really know those guys really don't like us and um, but also you know congratulations to uh, the happy couple uh, maybe they'll turn into racer fans after all this.
1: There you go. I think our athletic department should send them a cinema thank you, for a, <laughs> not a thank you, but a congratulations.
2: Yeah, it's so much fun going to Evansville to watch basketball games. After all the great experiences we had at the OVC tournaments there, and it's just a top top class facility, a uh, really cool area, really cool town. I love Evansville personally. Um, I'm not sure that they love us. I was telling you guys that this has the potential to turn into an Austin P type situation because we travel so well to Evansville. And so we bring out a lot of their fans that don't usually come to the games. And then we bring, you know, whatever it is, 1,500, 2,000 people. uh, And, you know, there strikes a rivalry. But then again, I got Mm -hmm. to thinking Austin P fans are just. The worst of the worst, and Evansville people I think are too nice, so I don't know that it'll ever turn to that. But I can see where they would begin to hate us, to be quite honest. But you talk about so many Racer alumni living there. We were hanging out around all these people that live in Evansville, and that's how we got to go to the game by um, knowing a connection in Evansville. But they're cheering on the Racers and dressed in blue and gold and. Uh, even though they've got season tickets to the game, there was actually a guy that came up to us who said, you know, I've got season tickets sit on the third row you know, love coming to watch Evansville. And he's wearing blue and gold and said, yeah, I'm, I got uh, floor seats for this game Had a Murray state little sticker on his chest. And I said, you're not cheering for Evansville after you're a season ticket holder. He said, Oh heck no. I'm, I'm a racer alumna. I'm cheering for them. And so I just thought that was the coolest thing. But uh, it's so much fun to come into the building and just see so much blue and gold. Uh, Before the game, we were talking uh, just watching people walk by. Oh, there's so-and-so and and there's so-and-so that you know. And after about five minutes, you say, man, there's a lot of racer
1: fans here. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really important for the league office and hopefully Nico and crew can, can steer that. But you guys, the Austin P game was always on a Saturday or Saturday night, right? And You could you could drive down to Clarksville and, and eat at Texas Roadhouse and then, you know, go to the Dunn Center. And so I really hope it was like this, I think, like last year, um, but really hope the Evansville game stays. If they really want to build that, and I think if they throw this on a Wednesday night and there's 600 people in there, it's really going to die off quick. So as long as it stays on a – I think it's key to be on a Saturday, not even on a Sunday – as long yeah. as that game stays on a Saturday, I think you. And the weather's good in January, like it was last weekend, and people will travel. You'll you'll really build that up.
2: Yeah, and that's the one thing I miss about the OVC is the Thursday Saturday games because you knew at least one game you're going to get to go to um, of the week if it was a road game or a close yeah. road game. You could travel to Tennessee Martin or. Um, to Austin P, Tennessee State, my favorite. SEMO. Uh, SEMO, all those schools, Belmont. But when it's on a Tuesday night or something like that, it's just a lot tougher or, to get to. Um, a
1: Wednesday night in Springfield, Missouri, you're not yeah, going
2: to. Yeah, absolutely not, no. Live even in a even-
1: Tuesday. Not going go to ahead. misery. On I think a, we're going to say the same Saturday thing. Night. Yeah, they play
0: SIU on a Wednesday night. Like, that's going to be, you know, I've got a buddy, yeah. we're talking about, it, he lives in Louis, he lives in uh, Paducah today, and that's only an hour and a half from Paducah, but he's like, well, it's a Wednesday night. I'd love to go. He's a diehard racer fan. He drives from Paducah for every game. He has had season tickets forever, um, but, you know, it's a Wednesday night, uh, so that makes it really tough.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that was one thing we mentioned a couple years ago coming into this league, but... You know, you got to make sacrifices in life, right, to, to get what you want and to be in the league that we want to be in, the competitive league that I think is ranked ninth in the country at the moment. We're in first place in the ninth rated league in the nation. How cool is that? We used to say we're in first place in the 29th rated league in the nation. So <laughs> uh, quite a big difference, right?
2: Yeah, or we're third in the 29th rated league, but we're still going to win because we have way more fans and travel better and we're going to perform yeah. in March. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not um, down that we're in the MVC. That was the one thing that I miss about the OVC. Um,
1: and Beth, I'm and, sure.
2: And uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely miss old Beth, but. But to touch on the improvements from the teams we're playing now as to who we were playing before, I sent you guys something, I believe it was yesterday, and it was of like the top 20 most improved players in college basketball based on some metrics, and three of them are in our league. You got Xavier Johnson, of course, and then there's a couple guys for Indiana State, and I just got to think – yeah, Robbie, and then uh, one of their wings. Yeah. Um, I just thought that's that would have never happened in the OVC. Maybe like a somebody that averaged just crazy numbers, like a Lester Hudson or something like that, would maybe be on the list. But we are amongst so much uh, much higher caliber competition that it's crazy, and I don't feel like we've realized it yet. Um, you know, kind of coming out of COVID. We haven't had the crowds that we're used to having. We haven't had the team success we're used to having, but it's coming. Uh, you can see what we're building right now. And and so better days are ahead, Racer Nation. We just got to stick with the process, stick with the Muditas, and uh, we're going to get the job done. We're going to raise a banner and raise a trophy at Arch Madness one of these years, and it ain't going to be too far
1: away hopefully not Logan and not too far away and an important step if we want to make it really really not too far away is taking care of home and that's going to be Sunday this Sunday at oh now this is really going to mess with with me guys we're in two different time zones now so I think it's three o'clock for you guys for most okay it's two o'clock for me if you're out here in Arizona with me we'll watch it together at two o'clock it's three o'clock for you guys. And I know you're going to get the the speech of, oh, we got to have a big crowd. We need a lot of people there. But, you know, you and I struggled really early in the season, but we are, you know, two months away from this team being picked second in the Missouri Valley preseason conference. So they've got some they've got some big pieces to their puzzle there. And a guy, we only got to play him once last year at Northern Iowa a game that we dropped but probably should have won, you know, when we struggled on the road last year. But they got a guy who's a sophomore this year in Bowen-Born, and so I'm sure you're going to tell us about him. But, man, can he really fill it up.
0: Yeah, he's he's really, really good. Um, he He's a – He's a senior by classification, but he's technically a junior if you don't count the oh. COVID year. Um, so th- thankfully, goodness, Austin's trying to give him two more years of eligibility yeah, against no, us. My bad. Um,
1: my bad. But he,
0: he's about—he's like five, five nine, five ten. Uh, he's a smaller guy. I really hadn't watched him all that much, um, but I really have started to tune in with um, with us playing them on Sunday. And I think teams have, have really kind of figured him out. Put put bigger guards on him. He's very, very crafty. Uh, great talent. Uh, but teams have really been able to limit him a lot better, a lot more this year. And his he he's not playing very efficiently whatsoever. Still putting up a lot of points, but it's taking a lot of shots. And in um, and watching this UNI team, um, like you said, Austin, they were picked, you know, to finish really, really well in the league. They're eight and eight, two and three in the conference, but they really haven't impressed me a whole lot. You know, they've got the two wins have come in overtime against Evansville. Now, granted, uh, that is an Evansville team that had uh, Big Ben, um, and then the other one came on the road against. Um, the very same Missouri state team that we just handled, they beat them by two as well. Um, and then at home, um, they just picked up a win against UIC this past week uh, or this earlier this week. And I, I re- went and rewatched some of that game today and really wasn't that impressed. They won by eight, but it was a four point game with 40 seconds to go. Uh, and if you've watched UIC they are I think they're actually pretty well coached, but they're not the most talented basketball team. The last, Six possessions of the game for them before it got under one minute. They missed three threes in a row. They did not draw iron and they uh, turned the ball over on two um, non contested travels. So they had five complete empty possessions and you and I could not pull away. Um, so uh, just this is one the racers have to win. They're a pesky team. To me, they remind me a lot of a Rick Bird. Old school Belmont team. They're just a lot less skilled. They try to backdoor you to death. They're not super athletic. They're actually kind of small, which will be good for us. They've got a guy that our fans are gonna hate. Big number thirty. His last thirty-three. His last name is Daniel. In the ten minutes of game game action, like full full ten minutes and under that I watched, he probably set fifteen illegal screens. But he's just so goofy. They don't call him. Um, and. <laughs> He's gonna drive me nuts. The guy that sits behind Logan is gonna have a field day. Um, <laughs> he's calling out these illegal screens. Um on screen. <laughs> so um, I do think they are good enough to, to to cause a couple upsets in the valley. So we had this is a this is a this is a crazy. Uh, not I won't call it a trap game because you know we should they're just as good as we are. Um this is one we should we should be very excited excited to. We've really got excited to play against. We've really got to defend the three well. But um I listened to the SIU game last night when I was putting um our youngest daughter to sleep, trying to rock her to sleep and I was listening to Kenny and he eloquently put so uh uh, so well um, for one of the SIU big boys he said uh, really struggles to change ends of the floor um, was how he politely put it uh, and and you uh, and I has a couple of those guys as well so if we can really get out and transition and run and play the same style of basketball and dictate how we want to play um, I do think the Racers can win this game by double digits but uh, I expect a pretty close contest um, on Sunday but uh, the weather's going to be changing uh, it's going to be Awful weather. These you and I guys are going to be right at home with that. Um, so, wild card
2: football on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you can make it out to the CFSB Center, uh, it's going to be nice and warm and toasty in there with all your with five thousand of your closest friends. So, I uh, really hope we do have a good crowd. But um, we're going to
2: see who the true racer fans are.
0: We will. We will. I remember there was a game a long time ago, Austin, when you and I had tickets to. My dad went and picked you up from your house, and we had a little Jeep Wrangler back then, and uh, we trudged through the the, the slush, uh, and there was maybe a hundred people there, and I can't even remember who we played. Eastern uh, Illinois. Eastern Illinois. I thought it was either Eastern Illinois or Tennessee State because they were blue and yeah. blue and white and silver. Was uh, it at Eastern Illinois?
2: Illinois?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would have thought. Um, we pulled the racers ride. through to victory. Yeah, yeah, that was a slow sludge, um, but big game. Uh, all these games in the valley are huge, uh, but hopefully that's a little bit of a breakdown to get you guys prepped for Sunday.
1: I'm really excited to watch them. I'm going to be sitting in the hotel room here on the laptop, like I did last night, watching Northern Iowa on Sunday, and we've got UIC on Wednesday. Um, so team, we've already seen. I don't. Know, I guess we hadn't really talked about it, so we can do a little we can do a little behind the scenes here. We'll probably won't have a podcast till after the UIC game, unless you guys think we want to do one early next week probably going to be kind of like this week again, like a Thursday night deal after after UIC. So um, that's a team we've already faced. I think it's weird, like 20 game schedule, but you play the same team within two weeks of each other. So I know they got to fit it in how they can Um, trying to shuffle, you know, 12 teams around a 20 game schedule. So I don't I don't envy that position at all. So that'll be interesting going up to Chicago. But I mean, sorry, you kind of gave the gave the lowdown on them. Well-coached, probably not super talented, don't have a lot of height. we got some guys that can make us pay if they get hot, like we saw them. I mean, really, that was the only reason they stuck around the game um, at home is they got hot and knocked down some threes in the first half, and then we saw some separation once we kind of walked down on them and and really took it to them. Quincy had a great game driving to the basket and stuff uh, to start the second half. So hopefully more of that hopefully making more of our own energy like we saw last night because there's going to be some of these games where you have that same type of environment like we saw at Missouri State last night where Rob's going to have to make his own energy singing happy birthday and the the bench is going to have to get into it and and things like that. So I think we'll have to see more and more of that, guys. So, fellas, I enjoyed tonight. Glad we got to hop on here for an hour. So it's uh, been really great to uh, dive in. Sawyer back to his own form, bringing the stats. That, that's really nice because if it's not, it's just you know me and Logan being unprepared, just talking and not having any, anything to back it up. So now we can be unprepared, just talking, and you can back us up with, hey, it actually makes sense what those guys are saying. So really, really thanks for that. So I uh, hope everybody has a great week, a uh, great rest of your week. Be safe this weekend. If the weather gets bad, it'll be 80 degrees here, so uh, no snow for me. but. If you guys uh, try to make it out to the game, be careful. Bring us home a win. Bring us home a win up in Chicago. And just keep this train of moving. Let's go. Why stop at four? Hopefully, we're 6 and 0 oh by the next time we see you. So we'll talk to you next week. Sawyer, send us off.
0: One last thing before I send us off uh, I want to congratulate Coach Turner on her 100th win um, in Race for the Racer Women. That's huge. I don't even care if another team goes 15, 16, and 0. I think she should be coach of the year in the conference uh, for what she's done. Um, I think back to the days that Matt Figure won it over Coach McMahon, I was really disappointed about that. But uh, I think she, the same reasons is why he won it is why Coach Turner would win it, but I would love it for her this time. So I uh, really wanted to give her a big shout-out for her 100th win, and they just keep on rolling, keep that train moving, like you mentioned, Austin. Um, so – Uh, wanted to give them a little shout out too before we wrap it up but man we had great racer football news, great racer men's basketball news, great lady racer news Um, so hope even next week we can bring even better news and so with that go racers go Medina and go racers
1: go racers Murray State stand up MVC